0: Friday and you are listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson and as always, thanks for tuning in. Although the pandemic is still dragging on here in Michigan as we were just talking about, there are signs of life that are starting to come back in our local economy. As you drive around, you probably see lots of signs on businesses saying We're hiring. And that seems like it'd be good news for people who were laid off in the early days of the pandemic. Think of all the people who lost work in the last year. But so far, that return to work hasn't been as easy for many workers. And that's especially the case for leisure and hospitality workers who work in hotels and for travel and tourism companies here in Metro Detroit. A lot of these businesses were restricted or completely shut down for large parts of the last year. And as they start to reopen and jobs come back, workers who lost their jobs are worried that they might be left behind. Now, that's because a lot of them don't have what's known as what's called Uh, recall rights unless specifically spelled out in a union contract. So here to tell us more about this problem and what hospitality workers are demanding are two people who are really close to these issues. Nia Winston is president of Unite Here Local 24, a labor union that represents hospitality workers here in Metro Detroit. Nia, welcome to Detroit. Hi, Stephen. Thank you
1: for having us.
0: And Sheila Washington is a 30-year banquet server at the Detroit Marriott at the Renaissance Center. Sheila, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi,
2: thank you for having me.
0: Okay, so Nia, I want to start with you. Uh, The roots of this um, go back a long way, but uh, tell us what recall rights are and why they aren't guaranteed for all workers.
1: Okay, Stephen, so let me start by saying just Unite Here Local 24. You know, our union represents hospitality workers that are dishwashers, cooks, Hotel, uh, hotel operators, stadium workers, casino workers, and, you know, that's what we thrive ourselves on, providing good, you know, providing good hospitality as patrons come into businesses. And so what recall rights is that, and typically in a collective bargaining agreement, we may negotiate with an employer if a employer's business is down, and they may have to lay off a few workers, that workers have an opportunity to come back to work when that business is back or when it's there. And typically we would negotiate a 12 month or 18 month time frame. that allows the employer to if business come back, the worker comes back. And that's what recall rights are. But unfortunately, you know, the hospitality industry, if you don't have a union contract, you don't have recall rights and no contract was ever set up for COVID, you know, the devastation of completely closed venues or reduced operations. And no employers are under any obligation to bring back or rehire long-term workers.
0: Right. So, so these are workers who kind of sit in a, in a particular category of, uh, uh, of workers and don't have a protection that might be available to other, to other people. So, so tell us what happened to leisure and hospitality workers when the pandemic hit and how they've been trying to get by since then.
1: Man, that's a loaded question, Stephen. Unfortunately, Man. during the height of the pandemic, 98% of our membership was shut down, laid off, and not working. You know, out of our 300-plus wow. thousand hospitality workers, can you imagine that? 98% out of 300,000. And right now, 70% are still unemployed today, as like Sheila, who's on the phone that will tell you her story. And so, you know, although we say Detroit is tough, And we say Detroit is strong, but even Motor City Strong is no match for the devastation of the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's been unfortunate that our members are still waiting to be recalled. It's unfortunate that business, you know, have not come back yet. Uh, when I think of businesses and hotels, you know, typically some of our, you know, the hotels that we represent, those are convention based, and so when the conventions come back, we're hopeful that Sheila and others will come back. But if we don't negotiate and we don't secure those recall rights, you know, with the employer for Sheila and her coworkers, then unfortunately Sheila could be replaced, and I just can't imagine. And, we, and we're and we not going to let that happen on our watch, where you have workers who work in a, a particular industry, quite frankly, that built a hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we have workers that work in our industry 30, 40 years that are still, you know, they want to get back to work. They're eager to get back to work. They've been fully vaccinated and they're waiting, but unfortunately have not received the call and is unsure whether or not they will.
0: So, Sheila, Washington, um you have a very personal take on all of this. Uh, I'd like you to tell our listeners that story about the work that you had and how you lost it and what you've been doing since then. And then what you expect to happen to you and your employment status as, uh, as these jobs start to, start to come back.
2: Okay. I've been, yes, I've been working at the hotel at the Detroit Renaissance Center for 30 years as a banquet server and what has affected me the most is my benefits. You know, over a thirty year period of time, you know, you I had health care. Mm-hmm. So based on the health care what's affecting me real bad right now is that the Recall Act is saying that if you don't if this is the offer for me to come back to uh, work without health care. Right now I'm without health care because the my benefit expired april ninth, and so without health care you know i don't have no way of you know taking care of myself other than mm-hmm. the fact that you know it was negotiated through the union and with the government a cobra print a plan and right now i'm waiting on that to kick in and as so, a result of as a result of um the recall act and not being able to come back to work. And uh, and what they're asking is, like, if I come back, they want to treat me as a new hire, saying that I want to erase everything that, you know, we built in a relationship, relationship together away, and I want you to start all over so that I can occur all the benefits that I'm used to having.
0: I mean, it's just an unimaginable Kind of uh, penalty that seems to be placed on top of what happened um, during the pandemic, uh, Sheila. I, I wonder if you can talk a little about what you are doing for 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 healthcare now that you've now that you've lost it. And again, the, the, you said that you had been working there for 30 years. I assume you had healthcare that entire time that you were working uh, at the Marriott. So this is a new experience, not being not being covered.
2: Yes. Um, for 30 years, I have had health care. Now, uh, they extended my health care all the way up until April 9th. Then after April 9th, uh, I'm supposed to receive a letter saying that I can get my health care extended through COBRA. And right now, I'm waiting on that because they extended that to May 30th. And so in the meantime, I do not have any health care. And, no, there's nothing I'm doing about it because I'm waiting to, um, you know, get the letter saying that, you know, so I can fill fill it out and send it back in so that they can um, send my health care to September the 4th. Wow.
0: Wow. Sheila, I'm really sorry about that, uh, about that situation. Uh, Nia Winston, uh, this goes back to the local preemption law, I guess, that was signed by former Governor uh, Rick Snyder, another another turd he left behind, I guess, in the punch bowl. Uh, uh, remind the audience of what that law was about and how it's affecting this issue right now.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that Michigan law it was enacted when Snyder was govern, you know, our governor and it preempted local lawmakers to passing such law as we're requiring or asking for and extending workers or giving all hospitality workers, whether you're union or not, you know, recall rights, the right to come back to work when the business comes back. And again, that was a yet another blow for our region, you know, um, as like, you know, right to work by the Snyder administration. But cities like Baltimore, Los Angeles, New York, Philly, Providence, Washington, D.C. Those lawmakers with the union, they got it right, right? they were eagerly ready to do something on behalf of hospitality workers and they passed foreign ordinances guaranteeing recall rights for all hospitality workers. And what, Stephen, this is important. When I say all hospitality workers, I'm speaking of all, whether you're under a union contract or not. So even if you are not in a union, you benefit for the work that unions do by meeting with their local government and coming up with a type of agreement that works for all, which is a local ordinance. Hmm. I am We cannot, unfortunately, again, because of the law that was enacted, do that here um, in Detroit, which really uh, teased me off uh, the most because these workers have been through a lot, primarily women, uh, people of color, black and brown. And it's just devastating to me that we have to keep going back and forth for yet another blow. But I like to say, once we get knocked down, we're not knocked out. We're going to keep fighting. So I'm hopeful on Tuesday that, you know, our Detroit City Council, I'm urging them to pass a resolution that's urging all Detroit hospitality employers to guarantee uh, recall rights for all hospitality workers, again, whether you're union or not. And so we're, we're hopeful for that.
0: And, and again, that'll be a resolution if they pass it. It can't be an ordinance uh, and it, it can't have the, the force of law. You, you cannot require employers to do this the right way.
1: Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but come on now, Steven, you would hope that think of Sheila and other workers that Mm -hmm. help make these companies, you know, um, what they are. You would think that if I had a worker that worked for me for 30, 40 years and the reason why these patrons come back, they come back for the hospitality, the service that Sheila and her coworkers give, you would think it would be a no brainer for the employer to want that individual back when the works comes back, because I guarantee you when that customer comes back, he's gone or she's going to be looking for Sheila and her coworkers, not someone new, not someone that doesn't know the business and not someone that's making significantly less like 11.8% left. So it's yeah. just a devastation, is a blow, but we're going to keep fighting, Stephen. Yeah.
0: And, and uh, that's a really important point to make that the reason employers would not want to call back their employees uh, is money it's it's about the opportunity to pay people less or to offer them fewer benefits uh by taking advantage of this kind of loophole uh that that doesn't require them to do that and so i, I you know look uh this is the kind of behavior we see too often from from employers and and, and businesses uh but it, it it is especially galling i guess to see it happen during a pandemic, when everybody is hurting the way they are and when everyone has suffered uh, the economic devastation that the pandemic brought with it, the idea that you wouldn't pull uh, your loyal and longstanding employees along with you back is is really a grading idea. I, I, I guess I have a hard time understanding how uh how anyone could do that
1: um if, you mind if i could just make one other point sure. our industry has had tough challenges throughout the decades i mean when 911 hit our airline industry so those workers there took significant cuts mm-hmm. but we worked through with the employer and we were able to make it they were not replaced and the same as then when the hotel you know when the recession hit the same thing we did the same so i'm not understanding why the pandemic although you know it's greater than both of those you know setbacks why we cannot do this collection collectively again because it shows us you know the past has shown us when we do it together when we do it that way and when we include the workers we get it right and so we're hopeful that they will listen to us and we're hopeful that you know business owners will understand again whether you have a union contract or not it benefits you to bring that long-term worker back to work yeah
0: Uh, I'm talking with Nia Winston, who's president of Unite Here Local 24. It's a labor union that represents hospitality workers here in Metro Detroit. Uh, I'm also talking with Sheila Washington, who is a 30-year banquet server at the Detroit Marriott at the Renaissance Center. We're talking about... what happens as people are recalled to work uh, here in metro Detroit as the pandemic kind of subsides? Uh, hospitality workers may be left out in the cold because their uh, employers are not going to be required to call them back the way some other Uh, the way some other industries are. Um, Give us a call if you want to join the conversation. Do you think workers should have the right to be recalled after an event like a deadly pandemic? Uh, We especially want to hear from you. If you're involved in the leisure or travel or hospitality industry, give us a sense of what the last year has looked like for you and uh, what you're anticipating uh, as the world opens back up. As always, the number on the phones here is 577-1019. Five seven seven one zero one nine. It's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, uh, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into uh, the conversation. Uh, Sheila, I want to talk a little more about what life has been like the last year. Uh, as she said, you work thirty years uh, at the Marriott. Um, yeah. J- just the inability to to go do the job. I mean, obviously there's an economic consequence, but, but just not being able to work, I would imagine has been something of a, of a difficulty uh, for you to get your mind around.
2: Yes, it has, um, you know, like being on unemployment and the uncertainty of it, because it's not like you, you know, over the, over this year, you know, they came up with, you know, plans, you know, to help us. So, you you get so many weeks this time, and then without any notice or anything, you don't know if you're going to be ascended or anything like that. You just got to wait till they come up, build another plan, and then finally they'll build another plan, and then you know that you're secure for a certain amount of time. Then that'll run out, and then they'll build another plan, but you don't know if, you know, when that plan is going to end you're just, you know, riding a wave, yeah. and that's uncertain. And then the fact that, okay, even with, you know, the health care concern going on, you know, affect, fact, you know, now the auto insurance and health care wants to be married together. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, how we pay a lot of money for our car insurance here in Detroit. Now, without health care, you know, it's already skyrocket. Now I got a let them know when I don't have health care so that, you know, they can add more benefits to my auto insurance plan. So, and of course, uh, no, it's not the money that I made when I was working, but it do help. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to complain about something, you know, like that, because, you know, a pandemic, a pandemic affects everybody. So I'm trying to, um, you know, just ride the wave as it comes. But as far as the company is concerned, we communicate it, we have did some concessions and we
1: let them know
2: one hundred percent that we're interested in rebuilding, you know, the business. Right. Uh that is what it's gonna take. And we know that it's gonna take time to do that. So, you know, um mm. with that being said,
0: yeah. Uh, we're, we're running out of time, unfortunately, Sheila, but I'm really glad you joined us and Nia Winston. I'm glad you were here as well. Uh, I also want to say uh, Dave in Royal Oak and Desiree in Detroit, Deborah in Detroit, who were queued up to talk about this. They have personal experience in this area, too. Uh, unfortunately, we are not going to be able to get to them. But, but Nia, thank you very much for joining us to talk about this.
1: Thank you, Steve. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I'll be back on Monday to talk about the uh, President Barack Obama's task force on 21st century policing. A member of that has written a, uh, an op-ed for the Washington Post titled, Which Side Are You On? The Question Every Police Officer Must Answer. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation.